Our text tonight is the same as this morning. John 3.16, this is God's holy and infallible word. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There is so much to say about this single verse that it, it just had to spill over to the message tonight. I want to read to you kind of an interesting uh, little true story about this text. Uh, John 3.16 was the verse through which, and this is James Montgomery Boyce writing this. He was a pastor at 10th Presbyterian in Philadelphia for many, many years. I have a number of his commentaries and really value them. So he's writing this. This was the verse through which D.L. Moody learned to appreciate the greatness of God's love. Moody had been to Britain in the early days of his ministry, and there he had met a young English preacher named Henry Morehouse. And one day Morehouse said to Moody, I'm thinking of going to America. Well, said Moody, if you should ever get to Chicago, come down to my church. I'll give you a chance to preach. Moody did not mean to be hypocritical when he said this, of course. He was merely being polite. Nevertheless, he was saying to himself that he hoped Morehouse would not come, for Moody had never heard him preach, and he had no idea of what he would say if he did come to Chicago. Sometime later, after Moody had returned home, the evangelist received a telegram that said, have just arrived in New York, will be in Chicago on Sunday, Morehouse. Moody was perplexed about what he should do, and to complicate matters, he was just about to leave for a series of meetings out of town. Oh my, he thought, here I am about to be gone on Sunday. Morehouse is coming. I've promised to let him preach. Finally, he said to his wife and to the leaders of the church, I think that I should let him preach once, so let him preach once, and if the people enjoy him, put him on again. Moody was gone for a week, and when he returned, he said to his wife, how did the young preacher do? Oh, he's a better preacher than you are, his wife said. He is telling sinners that God loves them. That's not right, said Moody. God does not love sinners. Well, she said, you go and hear him. What, said Moody, do you mean to tell me that he's still preaching? Yes, he has been preaching all week and has only had one verse for his text. It's John three sixteen. Moody went to the meeting. Morehouse got up and began by saying, I've been hunting for a text all week. I've not been able to find a better one than John three sixteen. So I think we'll just talk about that one some more. And he did. After, afterward, Moody said it was on that night that he first clearly understood the greatness of God's love through that young preacher. So there's a precedent for pastors doing multiple messages on this verse because it's so rich. This is just your second one this week. And it's just my second one, I think, at least through the Gospel of John, even though the first one was this morning. So I've been thinking and planning ahead, of course, uh, for this Gospel of John series. And on the radio a few months ago, I heard a few minutes, and that's about all I get between my church and my house because they're so conveniently close to one another. So I, I get like five minutes of, uh, of Tony Evans and whatever if I'm going around sapping home for lunch or whatever. But I got a few minutes of this. It was a fabulous five minutes of, and it was on this verse. 
Um, it was the idea of it's the greatest verse in all the Bible, which I kind of was making the argument for today. It's about the greatest love. It's about the greatest truth, the greatest everything. And then in, in my studies this past week, I came across something very similar to that. And we don't have time tonight to develop all these ideas. I just want to give you a taste of it. So tonight, our little meditation is from the perspective of how this is the greatest verse around with the greatest truth of all. And then the point is to lead us, if that's true, and it is, what is our greatest response? What's our best response? If this is the greatest verse in all of Scripture, with the greatest truth, what is our greatest response then? And there are a lot of greatests to highlight in this verse. We see, first of all, that the subject we are dealing with is the greatest person, the greatest being, capital B of all, God. The greatest subject of all, God. The greatest, most complex, and at the same time most simple in a certain sense, being ever. Most perfect, most holy, most powerful, most everything being God. The subject of who He is and what He's done, that first prayer of our night, that is enough to occupy the conversations and thinking of mankind for a lifetime and more. The greatest subject, the greatest being, God. We see the greatest degree of love ever. And we talked about that this morning, so I'm not going to get all into it, but it's in that little word, so. The greatest degree of love. That little word, so, it contains the greatest degree of love imaginable. That little word, so, in John 3.16 is immeasurable. We also see the greatest act of all, the greatest action of all in history, that he gave. He gave the greatest gift of all, his only begotten son. We also have in there the greatest opportunity of all, whoever, whosoever. This is for anybody and everybody. The greatest simplicity of all believes. Simple faith. It's the greatest promise that we should not perish. The greatest difference, and that's that little word, but. That little word makes the turn, the change from perishing to eternal life. The greatest 180 that's possible in existence from death to life from condemnation to salvation, from hopelessness to hopefulness, from despair to joy unspeakable and full of glory. We've also got the greatest certainty of all, have. You can have this, friends. Assurance, not, I, will, I hope to have this. It's not what it says. Have. The greatest certainty and it's the greatest possession of all, everlasting life. And it's about the greatest gift of all, the love of God in Jesus Christ. So, now, 
what do we do with the greatest gift of all? And, and all of those greatest friends, those are all sermons or at least meditations to themselves. I'm just skipping on right through them. The question tonight is, what do we do with the greatest gift of all that we're told of in John 3.16 that really summarizes the whole message of the Bible? In other words, what is the greatest response we can have for the greatest gift? Believing on Jesus? Yes, of course. Thanksgiving? Yes. Loving others? Yes. Serving others? Yes. A good outlook on life? A positive attitude? Sure. There are probably a lot of ways we could answer it, but I believe our catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, would lead us to one main response. And it claims there, there is a most important response. Lord's Day, Lesson 45, that's near the end of the catechism, because there's 52 lessons all together, it says that there is something in particular that is the most important part of the thankfulness that God calls us to. This is at the end of the catechism. Up until this point in that Bible study series, we are taught all kinds of things about the biblical faith. Go through the Apostles' Creed, what are the sacraments, our sin, our salvation, and so forth. The biblical faith is what we've been taught, which in summary... The summary of the Bible is Jesus, the greatest gift of all, the culmination of God's love. So, another way to say what Lord's Day 45 is saying is to ask, what is the best way to respond to the love of God in Jesus Christ? What is the best way to respond, to say thanks for all this? And you know the answer to the category gives taking all this into account taking all of scripture into account don't you the answer is prayer what is the most important part of our thankfulness what's the most important response to all that god has done and that is summarized in the love of him that we see in jesus The most important, that's a strong statement our catechism makes, summarizing what the Bible says about prayer and about Jesus and about the faith. The answer is prayer. It's supposed to be number one in the Christian life. It's about our relationship with God, our saying thank you to the one who gave us all that we have, especially the greatest gift of all. So, We serve others, we reach others, we love others. But in saying that it's prayer, it's telling us that the number one response, the greatest response, has to do with our connection and relationship with God, first of all, in prayer. And all the rest are not trivial, not unimportant. They're very important. But they all come after Number one, friends, the greatest gift of all, it's the love of God in Jesus. And we talked a long time about that this morning. The greatest response we could have, thanksgiving through prayer. 
That's what we are here to do, especially tonight. I encourage you, and these messages are always to myself, too, in a funny way for a pastor, because these are the messages I'm preparing. It's weird how that is, but that's my message to myself. It's my message and call to you, to the greatest gift of all, the greatest response you can have is prayer.